Oh, yeah. Welcome to the jungle. I'm Jim Rome. We have got a monster program for you today. Let's get it going. What's going on? Nice to have you here. All right. So let me start you off with a telephone number because, hey, look at that. They're ringing already. I love it. Love to see it. Love to see it. <laughs> telephone number is one 636 8686 Hit me up right now. one 636 8686 Wait, what? Alvi with a new phone drop. Little guy's full of surprises. Good job, Alvin. 1-800-636-8686. Even if that is a phone drop or sound from 1986. Can I get that one more time? Very state-of-the-art, Alvin. Very cutting edge of you, Alvin. Prodigy called. Commodore 64 called. They want their technology back. All right, so you have your telephone number. You can hit me up on the X, something that is cutting edge. The X, at Jim Rome. Email me at Rome, R-O-M-E, at haveatake.com. All right, so the phone lines are ringing. I love it. Coming up at 940, one of my favorite human beings, Daniel Jeremiah, NFL Network Analyst, LA Chargers Radio Analyst. That timing worked out pretty well. Coming up at the top of our number two, Jarvarius Ward, 49ers corner. He had a monster year. So we have him before the NFC Championship game. Coming up the top of our number three, it's Thursday. You get to beef. What is your beef? Think about that for a little bit. A little bit too early to call with your beefs, but like I always say on the beef day, it's the rare day where I'll let you on twice. You can get on the air twice. If you want to call before the beef, And then beef, you can do that. So, Charverius Ward, top of hour two. Daniel Jeremiah, Jeremiah 940. What's your beef? Top of hour number three. 1-800-636-8686. All right, so an enormous morning here in Southern California. And I've got five very important words for all of you on this enormous morning. Count them. Five. Ready? Show... Me, your lightning bolt. Charger fan, you have your new head coach. Charger fan, react to Jim Harbaugh. Charger fan, damn it, react to me. It happened. It really did happen. The Chargers finally made a major splash. They finally took a big-time swing, and they threw down big-time cash and made a major commitment to a big-time football coach. And the ultimate Michigan man finally escaped Ann Arbor after years and years of failed attempts. I mean, what a win-win situation, right? Win! Win! Congrats, Jim Harbaugh. You got out just in the nick of time, too. Ann Arbor is crawling with NCAA investigators and the feds and assistant coaches in disguise and who knows what else. But Ann Arbor is no longer crawling with Harbaugh's because the Harbaugh's are on their way to SoCal. So now we can finally say, for pretty much the first time ever, who's got it better than the Chargers? Nobody. I mean, it really is a pretty fitting Charger return for the former Charger quarterback. Don't forget, he did play for the Chargers. He got his coaching career... Started in San Diego. 
He made his coaching reputation in the Bay Area, and now he's back here in SoCal for one reason and one reason only, and that's to try to finally get his hands on the Lombardi, which he came very close to doing when he was also in the Bay Area. One reason only, he's here to get his hands on the Lombardi. Well, actually, maybe two reasons. Also to escape imminent punishment from the NCAA above and beyond the punishment already doled out to him. That and to get his hands on a Lombardi. But hey, might as well kill two birds with one stone, right? Get the hell out of Dodge. Get out of Dodge. Stay ahead of the mob and get a really good job in the NFL. I mean, this dude, I got to give it to him. He just can't stop winning. Relax, Michigan man. I'm just messing around. Don't get all bent and try to make it about you. I'm sure you guys will probably be just fine with the ultimate Michigan man's ultimate right-hand man taking over the program. Of course, I'm talking about Sharon Moore. He is reportedly the focus of Michigan's replacement search, which makes sense, right? You Michigan men, women, and children will probably be just fine with the ultimate Michigan man's ultimate right-hand man running things. However, Moore himself... I'm not sure if he's fine. I hope he is. I mean, the dude should be ecstatic right about now. But I say should be because we were able to obtain some exclusive audio on his reaction to the news that his beloved boss is moving on. And as you might imagine, it was pretty emotional. Just take a listen. Oh, thank Coach Harbaugh. Love you, man. Love the out of you, man. This is for you, for this university, the president, our AD. We got the best players, best university, best alumni in the country. Love you guys. These guys right here, these guys right here, man. These guys did it. These guys did it, man. Talk to him, man. Love you. My man is really going through something. My guy, lighten up. Now you'll probably get to lead the best players, the best university, the best alumni in the country, you probably get to be the coach of all these bleeping guys now. It's a good thing for you, dude. One quick piece of advice, though, my guy. You might want to learn the name, the proper name, the actual name of the school in which you are going to lead, or at least a football program. Michigan University, we love you. Michigan University, we love you. Michigan University, we love you. Michigan Tech, can't believe you went there. Michigan University, we love you. Southwest Michigan State, we love you. Michigan University, we love you. Oh, one more piece of advice, dude. This one's very important. Do not mislead NCAA investigators. Also, no more cyber crimes at Beckler Hall. Also, no more assistants running around in disguise on opposing sidelines. If you can avoid all of that, I'm sure you'll be just fine. As long as the impending sanctions aren't that rough. Fingers crossed, my guy. But back to the ultimate Michigan man, who is now the ultimate charger. Hey, look, I got to be honest. I don't have a lot of smack for Jim Harbaugh today. Much like he didn't have a lot of smack for me on Smack Off Day. To get a life. However, it is a very exciting hire for the Bolts. And when did they ever have a really exciting hire? 
Man, they needed a really exciting hire, and they got it. They got it. I mean, right off the bat, it can't be any worse than Brandon Staley, right? So he's got that going for him. Harbaugh also is going to bring something that the Chargers have been sorely missing and desperately need and have needed for a long time. He's going to bring an edge. He's going to bring grit. He's going to bring some toughness. He's going to have them play smash-mouth football. He's going to transform them in the trenches. He's going to transform the culture. I mean, these are the things that he does pretty much wherever he goes. And the other thing he does... Wherever he goes is turn things around. If ever there was a coach with a proven track record of taking over teams in bad shape and flipping them, it's Harbaugh. Stanford was 1-11 the year before he got there and 12-1 and in his final year, four years later. The Niners were 6-10 the year he got there, before he got there. You remember the year Jim Tom Sula would not say that. And wouldn't say it either. I would not say that. I wouldn't say it either. I would not say that. I wouldn't say it either. I would not say that. I wouldn't say it either. I would not say that. I wouldn't say it either. I would not say that. I wouldn't say it either. I would not say that. I wouldn't say it either. That's the Niners squad that he inherited. I would not say that. I wouldn't say it either. I would not say that. In fact, the Niners went eight straight years without a winning record before Harbaugh showed up. Then he showed up. Then they won 13 games in year one and played for a Super Bowl in year two. I mean, that any good? Then, of course, there is the Michigan turnaround, which he vowed on his way in was not a thing because there are no turnarounds in Michigan, only greatness. I mean, nice quote, but total BS. And his own Michigan coaching stint actually proved it because the Wolverines actually were completely lost. They were actually completely rudderless before he showed up. And now they are the reigning 15-0 and national champions. So in theory... This guy is pretty close to a near-perfect choice to rebuild both the identity and reputation of the Chargers and maybe do it pretty quickly. Now, I want to say, I think the Chargers may not be as talented as we're all led to believe, but they do have some pieces. And most of all, they've got a franchise quarterback in Justin Herbert. And you know that's why he wanted that job. He wanted to coach that guy. So credit to the Spanos family for doing what many doubted that they would ever do, and for saying that they would do what many doubted that they would ever do. And that is throw down some serious cash and take a serious swing. Look, there's no denying it. This is a major upgrade. You might even effectively argue that he was the best available option on the market for any team. But it is a major upgrade. I will say this, though. Even if it is, it's not a guarantee. You know how I know that? Because nothing in life is guaranteed. I know. I know that's pretty insightful. But but it's true. Nothing in life is guaranteed, and especially nothing in the NFL is guaranteed. Not this, not anything. Speaking of which, the dude last coached in the NFL a decade ago. I don't know what's more mind-blowing, how fast time goes. It's been a decade since that guy's been in the NFL. But I think what's fair to wonder is there's been so much talk about how, you know, this dude is a different dude. This dude is hard to work with. This dude is quirky. But, quote, those close to him say he's changed. He's evolved. But you know what else has changed and evolved? Pro players. They're different now. So I'm wondering how pro players 
Now, I'm, I'm not saying they won't. I'm just wondering, how will pro players respond to the 2024 version of Jim Harbaugh? Because maybe he has changed. Maybe he has evolved. But I'll tell you what he has done, too. He's gotten kookier, man. Dude's gotten kookier. But he is coming off a natty. And another successful rebuild, even if he had some help. Here's something else to think about. It's not like it's been an easy time for college coaches to make that jump to the NFL in recent years. Or in fact, ever. But especially recently. No names mentioned. Pervin. It's Alabama every week. Cliff. Matthew. Then again, Harbaugh did actually make that jump once before, and he did so successfully. In fact, no coach has ever been more successful in this century making that jump, which is why I come around back to, I like it. I like it for the Chargers. Even with the inevitable cringe, I like it. Success might not be guaranteed because it never is, but one thing that is guaranteed, he will transform that culture. I just hope that he doesn't transform it to a culture of corn. Hopefully it just means that chargering is now officially a thing of the past. Hopefully it just means that wasting Justin Herbert is now officially a thing of the past. Hopefully it means hard-nosed, smash-mouth football, winning football, is finally coming to SoCal. So I guess in the end, what I'm saying to you, Charger fan, is... Show me your lightning bolt. I want to hear from you today. I don't know if I'm ever going to do this voice ever again because, frankly, it is destroying my esophagus and larynx. So make it count. San Diego. Encinitas. Wait, wait, wait. I mean, Inglewood. San Pedro. Silver Lake. Pasadena. Burbank. Calabasas, Hancock Park, react to me. I am feeling it. Everybody into the pattern. Irvine, hit me up. React to me. I have questions. Lots of them. Does Harbaugh bring guys from Michigan to be on his staff? Does he cherry pick and poach? <laughs> From his brother Johnny's staff. Hey, John. Never mind the offense or the defense. Who's going to run the Weefense? No offense. There's no defense. It's, it's a Weefense. Hey, Connor. Yeah, you. I'm looking at you, Stallions. Lose my coach's number. I don't want you anywhere near SoFi or my beloved Bolts. I got a sign for you. I got a sign for you to steal. Stallions, it's a finger and it's pointing up, you dirtbag. I want to hear from Confetti. Each of you have a story. Share it with me. The exclusive Confetti line is open for you right now. Dial 1-800-CONFETTI. Confetti tells a story. There's a story. The Confetti line is open. 1-800-CONFETTI. Hey. Hey. Is this thing on? Anybody reacting? Tom Telesco. Or should I say Trader Tom. Don't even get me started on you, brother. J.C. Jackson? Really? Sweet signing, Thomas. I wouldn't let you manage my local Chipotle, yo. 
Speaking of Chipotle, the first five calls through on the call-in line get a free... <laughs> get a free plant-based chorizo burrito. What are you waiting for? We got our guy, Charger fan. Why aren't these phones lit? Should look like a freaking Christmas tree. Lit. Damn, hope you enjoyed that. That took five years off my life. I think I need the rest of the uh, week off. I think I need the rest of the year off after that. But that was worth it. That was a throwback to the old school. 1-800-636-8686. Anyway, I like it. I like it for a lot of reasons. I like it, though, that the Chargers finally stepped up, took that big swing. They said they would. People doubted it, and then they did. Guarantees nothing. But I like what it represents. I like the hire. What do you think? Where do you come out? So we've got that. Daniel Jeremiah, I'm sure we'll have thoughts. We'll have him at 940. Also today, on top of everything else, no, today's not a beef day, actually. Today's Thursday. Get that down, Savage. Take that down, yo. Well, no, it's a beef day. My bad. Uh, I apologize, Jackson. My bad. Oh, I'm sorry. It actually is a beef day. I was thinking ATP. All right, so you have your telephone. Hey, look, my you bad, can understand. I just sorry. said it took five years off my life. That was not easy to do. That literally not only shortens my lifespan, it kills brain cells. The things I do, exactly right, Alvy. It's not time to die, but my time to die will be sooner than it would have ordinarily been. The things I do to give you a show every single day. All right, in addition to that, I have a reset on Rock Paper Sirianni. You check out his presser. I did. Loved it. I'll get there. So I had a lot of questions. I've yet one more. Why is Old Trapper Beef Jerky so amazing? Well, there is something to be said for a family business which stands by quality and produces the world's finest beef jerky. Do not be fooled by other brands. All beef jerky is not the same. Make sure you choose Old Trapper. That way you can actually see the quality right through their Clearview packages. As I've mentioned, they do that on purpose. They want you to see exactly what you're buying. Every single bite of Old Trapper is tender. It's never tough. And that's because they use just the best ingredients. They don't have to, but they do. They're all in. From their lean strips of beef, seasoned with top quality spices to their real wood-fired smoke, Old Trapper delivers quality in every single bite. And it comes in four amazing flavors. Check them all out. Decide which one you like best or play it like I do. Just bounce back and forth. If you don't see it, be sure to ask for Old Trapper by name. And you will see it, but if you don't, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what is your beef? You're listening to The Jim Rome Show. Welcome back. So I'm looking for your reaction. Big, big story. Chargers get their guy. Michigan loses their man. I'm looking for some reaction. 1-800-636-8686. Phone calls coming up in a moment. Quickly this. Hey, Van Smack, it's good to see Coach Harbaugh espouses love and commitment 
to the University of Michigan only to leave quicker than a streetwalker after getting nice. Apparently, his dream job consisted of threatening to leave every year, getting his salary cut in half, being suspended numerous times in a single season, moving to San Diego before the NCAA can punish him. War the dream police. Moving to St. Diego before the NCAA can punish him? Hey, man, he won it all. Like I said, he's winning. Wins it all. Gets out ahead of the mob. And gets an NFL job. And a very good NFL job. All right, let's go to the phones. Let's start in San Diego. You know, it's interesting. I have a prediction. Now that Harbaugh is the Chargers head coach, I'm willing to venture a guess. We get more reaction from San Diego than L.A. And the reason L.A. made that move is so that he could become, and they could become, relevant, prominent, in a very competitive market. But I'll bet you I get more reaction from San Diego than L.A. First calls from San Diego. You'll see what I mean. John in San Diego. It's good to have you, John. What's going on? Hey, Jim, how are you doing this morning? Good, John. How are you? Uh, I'm doing great. And you're probably right with what you just said, that you're going to get more reaction from San Diego than L.A. because we still consider the Chargers down here our team and we don't like what happened. But besides that, Harbaugh cut his teeth in coaching down here. I went to USD games. That team played hard. They played competitive. Harbaugh is a great coach. He is a terrific builder. And I got to admit, for the Spanoses to go out and make this kind of splash, I mean, in my lifetime, the most exciting coach they ever hired was the late, great Marty Schottenheimer. And that's just a reality. They do not spend money on coaches. They don't do it. Now we're gonna, Now that they have, we're going to see if, this, or if that organization, if that ownership group is truly, truly committed to winning a Super Bowl for that team. They didn't do it here. Let's see if they can do it up there. It's all it's, and and Harbaugh has everything he would need. He has a terrific generational quarterback, and I want to see Herbert win because I do not want to see another Charger quarterback career wasted. Dan Fouts wasted. Philip Rivers wasted. And it, and it's just and it's painful to see great players just get sucked into the quagmire that is the Santos ownership of that team. Anyway, I'm happy for the team. We'll see what happens. And L.A., all right, down here, it's show me your lightning bolt. Up there for you clowns, that's what's in. I mean, how can you say that when that's just in was down there, not up here? That's what's in. But thank you for your thoughts. Good night now. He's right in a lot of what he says. Except for one thing. He said, now we're going to find out whether or not the Spanos family is committed to winning a Super Bowl. I'm not saying that move is going to win them a Super Bowl. We can ask, ask that question. But you can't question the commitment after they just made the commitment. They are committed. And it's fair to ask. You know, the, the rap against them for a long time has been they're just not as committed. Certainly not financially. They're not going to pay the price. They're not going to pay the price or make the commitment to get that guy. Well, they did. Arguably, 
the most attractive candidate on the market in one of the best free agent markets ever for coaching, and they got him. So you've got to tip your hat to that. A five-year commitment, it's going to cost them, and they made the move. We'll see whether or not it pays off. But I will say, in terms of a track record, this guy has turned around everything that he's ever touched. And he's inherited some pretty bad situations, some pretty challenging situations. I mean, San Diego, USD, I mean. Stanford, the Niners, Michigan was garbage when he got there. And he left with a natty. Now, he may have had some help. But there's no denying it, man. This dude is a turnaround artist. He is that. But what I meant when I said we'll probably get more phone calls from San Diego than L.A., what I meant, I'll just say it. You're going to hear more bitter San Diego fans than you are ecstatic L.A. fans. San Diego's never going to let that go. And I get it. I understand it. I'm not saying you're wrong to feel that way. San Diego, I get it. Man, I do. But I'll bet you, if you put a pencil to it, we will get more bitter San Diego fans than ecstatic L.A. fans. See how it goes. Let's go quickly to OKC. Rob. Hey, Rob, what's up? How are you? Hey, Romy. Thanks for the vibe, man. Hey, as a Chargers fan, I know there's a moratorium on age, but, man, this is the best thing that's happened since, I don't know, when Marty Ball. I mean, they finally did something right. As a fan who sat through... Dave Casper kicking a freaking football in the end zone is still a championship game away from us to watching the Epic in Miami to watching them have to go and play in minus 54 wind chills in Cincinnati to finally, finally maybe having something to cheer about, man. And I wanted Harbaugh. I called in a couple weeks ago and you were doing the Bill Belichick thing. I asked for Harbaugh. We wanted Harbaugh. We got Harbaugh. And I'm going to tell you why. Because when he played with the Chargers, man, I remember him doing an interview. And they were prior to a game with the 49ers, man. And there was a reporter wearing a 49ers hat. And he goes, really? You're going to interview me wearing something of the enemy? Nah, man. That's what I want for my team, man. That's what I want as a Chargers fan. It's, I mean, it's great, man. I'm feeling good about it. I hope things go up. And I just want to say, war, somebody just freaking firing Brandon Staley for whatever, man. Thanks, man. Out. All right, dude. I like it. This is what it's all about. I'm looking for some reaction. I'm looking for some energy. And I'm getting both. Asking that question. Rob in OKC. All right, a Charger fan in OKC. A Charger fan in San Diego. So far, nobody from L.A. yet. (laughs) What is your reaction to that hire? So far, everybody's fired up. Well, two people are. I'm just talking about the calls. It's a damn good hire. And it's a commitment the Charger fan has been waiting for. Another reason why San Diego Charger fan is so upset. They're like, where was this when you were here? We committed to you. Why didn't you commit to us? Why didn't you make that commitment while you were down here? To the team and to us. Now you're in L.A.? Now you do it? Really? Yeah, I mean, I understand why San Diego fan is pissed. But if you're a Charger fan, if you moved your fandom along with the team, you got to be fired up by that hire. Daniel Jeremiah is going to join me next segment. I want to make sure I leave time for that. He is a L.A. Chargers radio analyst in addition to being an NFL Network analyst. So we will have a lot to talk to him about. Telephone number is toll-free, 1-800-636-8686. In fact, what we'll do is we'll go back-to-back. 
DJ, and then Charvarius Ward, top of hour number two. Hey, Jack Savage, sorry about that beef crackback. We are having a beef segment. Top of hour number three. So if you have a beef... Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show on CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back. I'm Jim Rome. Once again, if you're a Charger fan, no matter where you are, and already I've heard from Charger fans in San Diego, one in OKC, no matter where you are, I want your reaction. That's coming up momentarily, but as promised, we're joined right now by an NFL Network analyst, also an L.A. Chargers radio analyst, and the co-host of Move the Sticks podcast, along with Bucky Brooks and Rhett Lewis. That, of course, is available wherever you get your podcasts. He also happens to be one of the best guys I know. He is Daniel Jeremiah, DJ. Appreciate you so much, and it's great to have you on. DJ, what's up? What is going on, Jim? It's great. It's great to be with you as always, man. And uh, it seems like there's a little juice, a little life in the sports world this morning. Oh, dude, no doubt. No doubt, especially in these parts. So because you are a part of the Chargers radio broadcast team, you know I need your reaction to the team's decision to hire Jim Harbaugh, DJ. What is he going to bring to the Bolts and how do you expect him to impact the culture of the entire franchise? Well, Jim, I feel like a lot of times these hires are made and you go, I think this guy will do this, or I think he'll do that. Like, There's things that you know with Jim Harbaugh. Like, you know they will be, in short order, a very tough physical team uh, that will continue to invest in the offense and defensive line. They're going to run the ball more. They're going to have kind of that tough physical identity. So you know that. Uh, you know he's going to bring a, a lot of energy and juice, enthusiasm, all that stuff. You know, th- that's coming. Um, and then the other thing you know is he's going to get them, you know, winning football games in, in relatively short order. He's he's done that everywhere he's been. And I I kind of laughed uh, when I heard some people saying, well, you know, the Chargers, their salary cap, you know, they're they're you know thirty five forty million bucks over the salary cap. I'm like, dude, this dude went to Stanford. Do you realize how bad Stanford was at that time and the restrictions of getting kids in school? And he called out USC and took them down in the same year. That is the truth. That, that was an amazing thing to see, and he's done it everywhere he's gone. Daniel Jeremiah joining us. You know, you talk about things that you know, things that you know. You also know that he's done stellar work with quarterbacks. We've seen this over and over again. Andrew Luck, Colin Kaepernick, J.J. McCarthy this past year. In Justin Herbert, you already have a really, really good quarterback, but there's still room for improvement. How much is his addition going to mean to Justin Herbert? I think it'll be big, you know, and I think it's going to be different, though, than some people are talking about it. I think there's, you know, a lot of chatter about, okay, now he's going to be in the MVP discussion every year. Think about Herbert, you know, he's capable of throwing for 5,000 yards every year. That's not how Harbaugh does it, you know. Even when he had luck in college, he was the best player in the sport. Um, He wasn't throwing it 55 times a game. He was taking a lot of that pressure off of him by being able to run the ball, uh, by then being able to get, you know, be more efficient, get chunks in the pass game, having tight ends and backs that can provide some easy completions. 
I think you'll see a more efficient and an explosive version of Justin Herbert, but I don't know that you're going to see quite the volume that he's had in the past or maybe what some anticipate. We talked to Daniel Jeremiah, fair point. So, DJ, you've lived in Southern California for a long time. You understand the sporting landscape here. What does this big swing by the Spanos family represent in terms of making the Chargers more prominent in L.A.? Well, I think it's big, man. You know, first of all, like I, you know, I've grown up, as you know, in San Diego, and I've got a lot of uh, Charger fan friends uh, and family. And my phone blew up yesterday. They were very excited about it um, because the guy's just won everywhere he's gone. So he, he creates a buzz. Um, and I think when you're in Los Angeles in such a crowded environment, you've got to take swings, man. Like you can't blend. You know, blending in doesn't work in this market. So you've got to you've got to take your swings. I think he. You know, you got to win. It's a winner's town. If you don't win, it doesn't matter. But I think he will command some attention. He'll get some buzz. Um, you know, I think it was a move that was, you know, that was kind of a no-brainer. And I think, you know, the other side of it is through this, you know, through this process, I'm not being a homer and saying this, but I feel like, you know, the, with ownership, with the Chargers taking, you know, shots of like, ah, oh, they won't spend money. They're they're cheap, this, that, and the other. And I'm like, man, I. I've worked here, called their games for six years, and I've seen the contract they've given to Herbert and Derwin James and Bosa and Keenan Allen and you know Corey Lindsley and all these guys. They've they've paid out a ton of money. They just built a huge facility, uh, practice facility. It's going to be state of the art, really really nice. And then they went out into the top of the market on the coaching hire. So. You know, I think they've they've done their best to kind of change that narrative around. I think that's true. Daniel Jeremiah joining us. All right, so before you go, a few more things. Let's switch gears. Your first mock draft was released recently, meaning draft season's underway. I want to go back to that in a minute. But before then, DJ, go back to 2022. I'm curious, what was your evaluation of Brock Purdy coming out of Iowa State before he was taken by the Niners with the final pick? And where do you fall in that never-ending debate as to whether or not he is merely a system QB? Well, Jim, I release a top 150 uh, every year with the draft. And, you know, I just thought, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to put him on there because I want the 49ers to get a real steal, you know, a real value. So that's <laughs> right. the reason why I, uh, I omitted him. Good from work by you. No, yeah, yeah, no, that's a, that's a, that's a whiff. Uh, that was a whiff on that one. Um, I, you know, I thought he would be – if you went back and looked at my notes, I thought this is going to be a practice squad, you know, type guy who – after a few years, he maybe he gets in, maybe he starts a couple games here or there. Um, maybe, you know, the world is perfect and you get like a little Case Keenum magic, you know, in there somehow. But I in no way envisioned he would jump on the field and do what he's done. And, you know, from that standpoint, he's been incredible. Uh, he is a perfect fit for what they do there. You know, I think some of these discussions are kind of silly of like, well, what, do you, what would he do here? What would he do there? Is he, you know, where does he stack up in the league? I'm like, who cares? Like, he fits what the Niners need. And they want guys that make quick decisions and deliver the ball accurately, and they can take a heck of a lot of pressure off of them by the players they have and the scheme that they possess. So I don't, I don't think the Niners worry too much about how he would fit with the other teams, and, and neither does Brock Purdy. It's a really good match there. I like it. Daniel Jeremiah joining us. So you're so well-versed in the league and, in fact, how both of the rosters were constructed. So what about that NFC Championship matchup between the Lions and the Niners, DJ? How do you see that playing out? Well, I, I said earlier this year uh, to Buck, and we were doing our, our podcast, and I said, you know, I think maybe it was after the Chiefs game, after the Lions beat them. I said, you know, they've kind of built like the, like kind of like the JV version of the of the Niners. Like, there's so many similarities. The accurate, uh, good decision making quarterbacks. They each took like a big time pass rusher out of the Big Ten in the top five 
uh, with Bosa and then Aiden Hutchinson. They each have a big-time tackle on Trent Williams and Panay Sewell. You've got rack monster receivers that are real physical and tough for both teams. They each have their Iowa tight end. You know, it kind of fits that role. Like, they've built the team in some ways, I think everybody thought Brad Holmes coming from the Rams to the Lions was going to try and rebuild the Rams. It turns out Brad Holmes had a front-row seat to the 49ers, and he ended up trying to rebuild the Niners instead of trying to rebuild the Rams. That is really, really interesting. Daniel Jeremiah joining us. All right, so what about the draft itself? I'm guessing you probably didn't spend a ton of time going back and forth over whether or not to project the Bears taking Caleb Williams with that number one pick overall. Let me ask you about the USC quarterback. Do you see him, if there is such a thing, is he a can't-miss generational talent in your mind? Um. I, I, I will accept the last half of that statement in that I think he's a rare talent. The, the can't-miss thing, uh, Jim, it's just, man, it's, it's become so important of where you go and the, and the support that you get, um, and, and not only in players and scheme and, and consistency of, uh, of coaches and message and all that kind of stuff. So it's still, even if you're the, you know, the best talent in the world, you're still going to be dependent on, on your environment to some degree. So I, I think he is an incredible talent. There's a couple bad habits he got into last year, you know, trying to do too much, not taking easy completion checkdowns. You know, your defense stinks. You got to score 50 points a game. Your offensive line's not very good. Um, I think those factors led to him slipping into some bad habits. But I've made the argument with him, you know, with the Bears right now. I would say, you know, Justin Fields is he got better. It did a nice job, but he would be the fourth quarterback in that division, uh, assuming Kirk Cousins were back in Minnesota. I think if you take Caleb Williams, I'm not saying he's better than all those guys right now. I'm saying he's more talented than any of those guys in that mm. division. Interesting. So it's a matter of can you develop him and get it out of him. Right. And I think to your point, fit is everything. Listen, quickly, you've got North Carolina quarterback Drake May going to the Commanders at number two, followed by LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels going to the Pats at number three. Why do you give the slight edge to May over Daniels? Well, it's a, it's, it's so early there. I've done my work on him. That's going to be a fascinating race. I mean, I have not – that's definitely in pencil, not in pen. Um, but you've got different strengths, different styles a little bit with these two guys. Uh, Drake May, you know, kind of prototypical. Um, on a year where C.J. Stroud was kind of that prototype and you see, you know, how well he translated to the next level, I think Drake May is going to try and draft off of that a little bit. Uh, obviously didn't have the same support at Carolina that, that CJ had at Ohio State, but you can you can close your eyes and envision what he can be. Jaden Daniels just got better to the point he just had a monster year. I was talking to some folks that are working with him, and they're like, "Dude, this guy's going to run the four force as a quarterback. Hmm. He's a freak." Um, and he is, uh, and he threw the ball extremely well. Now he was playing behind a better line, throwing to better dudes uh, than Drake May, but that is going to be the debate, Jim. Uh, that is far from over, and I would not be surprised at all if it flipped. Um, by the time we get to the draft. But that's uh, that's what the next few months are for, to dig on these dudes. Fair. DJ, one last thought. What about Michael Penix Jr.? You don't have him landing in the first round after he went to the championship game. Is he, in your mind, not a first-round talent, or are you factoring in injury history? What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, I always do these mocks, too, kind of off of, of what I'm hearing. Um, and I'll do my top 50 list and stack them how I grade them. But in terms of talking to people around the league, like there's – Everybody's kind of, I don't want to say hold your breath, but in wait and see. Let's see how the physical comes back. Um, there's just been a significant amount of injuries there. So, you know, you got to feel comfortable with that. And that's going to be the doctors that are going to inform that, you know, in terms of how high he goes. That's going to be a huge, huge part of it. Um, you know, had a huge semifinal game. Man, you almost wish that was his closing argument. 
Um, didn't go quite as well there in the championship game, but uh, no, he's. I have him just outside the first round. Uh, you know, I think we've got a chance with six guys that could potentially find their way into the first round. He's one of those six. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing him at the Senior Bowl next week, man. He is an NFL Network analyst. He is also one of the co-hosts of the Move the Six podcast, along with Bucky Brooks and Rhett Lewis, former scout as well with the Ravens, the Browns, the Eagles, and frankly, one of the best guys ever. DJ, appreciate you so much, man. Great to have you on the show, Daniel. I appreciate it. When we put our heads together, getting this three-on-three tournament back, man, let's go. You call it, dude. Let's go. Let's do it. We have to. We have to. Rooks DJ. ain't playing. Rooks ain't playing this time. That's not fair. <laughs> no ringers, man. I know, dude. I know. You got to let that go, man. You got to let that go. <laughs> DJ's Never. the best. He's talking about a three-on-three. We had a Rome basketball tournament in San Diego way back in the day. And Sean Rooks showed up and dominated. And everybody was like, not only were they not happy to see him. I'm like, hey, I thought you'd be happy to see a big-time player there. And I didn't know he was coming, by the way. And DJ was there. Not only were people not happy to see him, they were pissed and said, hey, Rome, hey, Rome, if I had known that, I would have brought Bill Walton. Hey, Rome, hey, Rome, if I had known that, I would have brought Steve Kerr. I didn't know we could do that. That goes way back. DJ is just one of the best guys ever. All right, your thoughts on any and all of that. Telephone bridge toll free. We might need an update, Tommy. Is there an update? It does not look like we are going to get Charvarius Ward. He got called into a meeting. That'll happen. It is championship weekend. All right, so what that means then is hour number two is now suddenly wide open, which is good for you. More time to react. I want to talk about Jim Harbaugh going to the Chargers. Your thoughts on that, wherever you are. Charger fans, wherever you are, I'll take your thoughts. I want to talk about the Eagles. So Nick Sirianni gets to keep his job. Not with as much power and authority, but he does get to keep his job, which means we got to see another presser. And it was really good. Yeah, yeah, clones, I'm aware that Luca is back on the second floor after last night. In fact, I'm aware, clones, that he never left the second floor in many of your minds. I will have that update, too. Don't go anywhere.